Today, I'm joined by Sushil Vadvani, CIO at QMA Vadvani, to discuss the current macro environment and key risks and opportunities that investors are facing in the coming months. So thank you again, Sushil. What are your views on how the medium-term mix between growth and inflation is going to evolve from here? Uh, as a former member of the Bank of England's Monetary Policy Committee, how do you expect central banks to respond? Thank you very much, Mark. Uh, in terms of the medium-term outlook, if I look at 2022, 2023, uh, it seems to me there are three plausible scenarios. Uh, the first one is where Chairman Powell turns out to be correct. Uh, and inflation subsides, uh, you know, base effects disappear, uh, the pent-up demand is exhausted, uh, and inflation just autonomously starts coming back down, and then we are back uh, in the post-GFC world of low inflation and low interest rates. So that's one possible scenario. A second scenario is that the Fed have pledged to be patient uh, and that they remain patient in the face of high inflation and actually inflation not coming down as much as they expect in 2022. That probably allows inflation expectations to get dislodged and wages to start going higher, uh, especially in what will most likely be a full employment economy. Um, and that will have uh, you know, important market consequences. And then there's a third scenario where they see scenario two uh, you know, beginning to evolve, inflation expectations beginning to be dislodged, and they then respond aggressively. So as late Rudy Donbush used to say, they then uh, respond by murdering the economy, uh, and you get a recession. So it seems to me there are these three scenarios. Um, Inflation subsiding is probably about a 40% chance, uh, but you've got a meaningful chance of the other two scenarios. So kind of uh, lower, back to lower for longer, roaring 20s for a while, or kind of stagflation that is quickly uh, addressed by the Fed. Is that a fair summary or close uh, enough? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, you put it much, uh, you put it much better and more elegantly than I can. Uh, I mean, there is a third, sort of more sinister scenario where, in some countries, governments put pressure on central banks and they don't respond, and that's how that's the path to higher sustained inflation. And the UK could be an example under the current prime minister, because he might decide to flirt with. Uh, nominal GDP targeting, which would be a backdoor way of increasing the inflation target uh, for the central bank and thereby embedding higher inflation expectations. In interesting. Well, I mean, given that risk and the other ones that you see out there, what are you thinking about in terms of hedging the, the risks? Uh, yes. So, uh, I mean, obviously, I've emphasized the risk uh, in terms of the fixed income markets. Now, I have the good fortune of running a fund that can go long or short. Uh, and therefore, certainly, uh, you know, in terms of our central positioning, we are short fixed income. 
more at the long end than at the short end, but we are willing uh, and able to be agile to pivot to switching our short fixed income positions more to the short end if it looks like that central banks are going to become uh, aggressive. Um, of course, there is a completely different set of risks which I haven't talked about. I've been talking about my central scenario. Um, the completely different set of risks comes really mainly still, I'm afraid to say, from the pandemic, where the fact that we are allowing the uh, virus to run riot in many EM countries uh, with the shortage of vaccines and such like uh, makes it quite likely uh, that we get uh, more, even more dangerous mutations uh, and the vaccine, current vaccines we have struggled with, with them. Now, we may well be able to adapt our vaccines, but that takes time. Uh, and those potholes in the global economy are something to be vigilant about. Of course, in that case, our short fixed income positioning would be entirely wrong. Uh, and we'd have to quickly change our minds uh, and pivot to long fixed income from short fixed income. So agility is going to be key, uh, I guess, is what I'm saying. So the it, agility is key, and I like the way you have an open mind around, you know, that the, there there's such a divergent set of outcomes here. Being completely wrong is on everyone's uh, concern list. But w would you say that the best opportunities are on the short side in the in the long end, or, or what specifically are the best uh, opportunities you see over the six to twelve month horizon? Yes, so I would certainly agree with with what you just said. Uh, I think on a kind of probability weighted basis, uh, being short uh, the longer end uh, is probably where I'd be. Uh, it is indeed where our quantitative models are positioned. We're looking for yield steepening, not just in the US, uh, but we think uh, the Eurozone has been a laggard in that regard. Uh, and uh, there'd be two reasons why we'd expect uh, rates to move higher in Europe. One is, uh, you know, with vaccines rolling out more quickly now, uh, we think European growth uh, will uh, sort of move meaningfully higher in the next couple of quarters. Uh, the second issue is certainly uh, the German election uh, could lead to the Greens being a part of the government, and then markets will question whether the debt break uh, will persist. So that's certainly one area of meaningful opportunity. Uh, but if one's looking for diversification in, in terms of opportunities, then something quite uncorrelated with this view would be a position in long carbon emissions futures. Seems to me they're structurally undervalued. Uh, governments, if they want to achieve their ambitious uh, zero carbon agendas, they're going to have to move that price higher. They're going to have to widen the coverage uh, in terms of carbon emissions. They're going to want to equalize the price of green and gray hydrogen. And for all those reasons, they need a higher carbon emissions price. All right, Sushil. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And I wish you uh, great prosperity as we navigate these markets. Thank you very much.
UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliates. The views and opinions expressed in this material by external guest speakers are those of the author, speaker, and are not those of UBS, its subsidiaries, or affiliates. Accordingly, UBS does not accept any liability over the content of this material or any claims, losses, or damages arising from the use or reliance of all or any part thereof. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient, and is published for informational purposes only. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer. 